Psalms 119 verses 41 to 48. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out of your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. Uh, Leviticus 23, verse 1. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work wherever you live. It is a Sabbath to the Lord. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. On the 15th day of that month, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread begins. For seven days, you must eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. For seven days present, a food offering to the Lord and on the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land, I am going to give you and you reap its harvest. Bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. He is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day you wave the sheaf, you must sacrifice as a burnt offering to the Lord, a lamb a year old without defect, together with its grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with olive oil, a food offering presented to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, and its drink aroming offering of a quarter of a hin of wine, you must not eat any bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheath of the wave offering, count of seven full weeks, count of 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour, baked with yeast as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. Present with this bread seven male lambs, each a year old without the defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a food offering and aroma pleasing to the Lord. Then sacrifice one male goat for a sin offering and two lambs, each a year old for a fellowship offering. 
The priest is to wave the two lambs before the Lord as a wave offering, together with the bread of the first fruits. They are a sacred offering to the Lord for the priest. On the same day, you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleaning of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. The Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, on the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blast. Do no regular work, but present a food offering to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourself and present a food offering to the Lord. Do not do any work on that day because it is the day of atonement. And when atonement is made for you before the Lord, your God, those who do not deny themselves on that day must cut off, must be cut off from their people. I will destroy from among the people anyone who does any work on that day. You shall do not work at all. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. It is a day of Sabbath rest for you, and you must deny yourself. From the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening, you are to observe your Sabbath. Good morning. Let's pray, shall we? Almighty Father God, we give you great thanks uh, for your word and for the privilege we have to continue to be making our way, working our way through the book of Leviticus. Uh, please teach us great things uh, through this, uh, particularly as we think about uh, celebrating uh, these wonderful festivals in which you put in place. Help us grow in our understanding of you and our service of you each day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what do you enjoy celebrating? What kind of party do you like to attend? Maybe a wedding, 21st, a 70th, maybe a kid's birthday party. What about a family gathering, Chinese New Year, Christmas, or the coveted Mother's Day, uh, Father's Day? Or maybe you like to celebrate life events like someone winning a grant, uh, a promotion, or your team winning a premiership. You know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, Post-COVID-19, any party, any party, as long as we can be present uh, together. But sometimes we're invited to a celebration and we can't be bothered. We, we don't want to go. Uh, we know we have to go, but our heart really isn't in it. Maybe it's because we're an extrovert or it's just some family thing that we're expected to be at. And while I love a good party, I was dragged to many things as a kid where I would probably be the only child and most likely be the only hearing person there. Uh, my parents are deaf, uh, for those who aren't aware. And I'm talking about times before smartphones, before Game Boys even. And, and adults seem to be having a great time together, celebrating whatever they're there celebrating for. But I was bored. I wanted to go home and watch the telly. And I'm sure you can think of a time where you've gone to an event and you've thought, gee, I don't want to be here. Maybe it's your attitude, the makeup in who you are, or just your mood at that time. But I wonder if we lose sight of the significance of the celebration, that the meaning uh, has gone. We forget and become annoyed rather than celebrate. 
Well, as we've been working our way through the book of Leviticus, we've seen that God's, uh, God's people are his rescue people from Egypt, from slavery. And the God who created and sustained the universe, he made them his treasured possession. And he wants to dwell among them. And we've seen in Leviticus how he's given them Right, rituals, uh, offerings, and a priesthood to help deal with their sin. And then last week, uh, we saw how how God is a holy God. He expects his people to be holy, uh, just like him. But the Lord's aware how quickly they forget him. The Israelites' uh, faces were still a little bit wet. Uh, from the mist of walking through the parted Red Sea, they'd seen this incredible event, and with their faces still a little bit wet, they grumbled and complained that there was no food, no water. And after receiving the Ten Commandments, what do they do? Well, they make a golden calf and they worship it. You see, God knew from experience how quickly they forgot him. And so God gave them constant, regular calendar reminders of his grace, of his forgiveness and his provision. You see, these celebrations were a constant reminder of the way he cared for them and provided for them and loved them. And they were there to serve, to help them, remember, to obey him, to serve him and depend on him in everything. Have a look here from from verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as a sacred assembly. We see these are the Lord's appointed festivals. It's emphasized there with that my, my appointed festivals. You see that in verse 2? And they're a sacred assembly. Or better put, they're a holy gathering. You see, they're not only to gather on these days, but they're to consider it as holy, as sacred. Uh, It's to be so important in their life that they're not to work on that day. Instead, they're to gather and perform and take part in the rituals that are required for each festival. But see, before God gets into the festivals, they're reminded of their weekly Sabbath. Uh, Verse 3, there are six days when you may work. But the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work wherever you are. It is a Sabbath to the Lord. The Sabbath was a day of rest. They weren't to do any work. You see, they worked six days, and on the seventh day, they were to rest, just like their Lord, who who created the world in six days and then rested on the seventh. And this was a gracious provision from God. You see, they were slaves in Egypt, and they wouldn't have had a day off, and yet here God graciously gives them a day to rest. And by stopping work, they showed that they trusted the Lord who would provide for them. You see, they didn't need to work for seven days because God would graciously provide them with enough food, enough things to live on by working those six days. And so by taking the Sabbath day rest, they showed that they trusted in their Lord. But what about the Sabbath and and us today? You see, we need to view the Old Testament uh, through the lens of Christ, like we saw last week. What's Jesus say about the Sabbath? Well, we are not bound to the Sabbath like they were. But it is wise to rest. We are geared and made to rest. You see, 
burnout is so prevalent among us because we don't rest. And while we don't need to take a Saturday Sabbath like they did, a day of rest, well, it is a wise good thing to do, whether it is on the weekend or midweek because you're a shift worker, whatever it is, get rest. And I think particularly more so in these current days, uh, COVID-19 is very draining on us. And so as Christians, we're not bound by the Sabbath law, but it is wise to stop and, and rest regularly. You see, the Sabbath was a weekly reminder for them. But by doing a weekly, they could really start taking it for granted. And so these festivals were a major interruption to their daily lives and it reminded them of God's grace and provision. And the first two we see here were really celebrated together. Have a look there from verse 5. The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. On the 15th day of, of that month, the Lord's Festival of Unleavened Bread begins. For seven days you must eat bread made without yeast. Well, uh, first was the Passover, where they shared a meal uh, of, of a lamb. And, and the meal was to remind them of the meal they had just before God had rescued them out of slavery and judgment in Egypt. Do you remember where the Lord said, kill a lamb, paint his blood on the door frames, and then eat it hurriedly, and then, and then, and then I'll take you out of Egypt. And, and that is what he does. Well, that was the Passover. Uh, but the next was the Festival of Unleavened Bread. This was a seven-day festival where if they ate bread, it wasn't to, be ha- it wasn't to have yeast in it. And on the first and last of these days, they were together. They were holy days, no regular work. You see, these were celebrations to remember God's mercy and grace. You see, they rejoiced that the Lord had saved and delivered them out of slavery and the oppressive rule of of Egypt and to remind them to follow the Lord, to remember and to be reminded of the way they had been redeemed and how they had seen God's almighty power in display. Well, that's the Passover uh, and the Festival of Unleavened Bread. And the next couple are tied to the harvest. We might remember that, we must remember these guys were a farming community. They lived off the land uh, of, of crops of barley and wheat and cows and sheep and the like. And from verse 9, we see the, the offering of the first fruits. And the law, well, it really anticipated that they were going to be in the land that God was giving them. Look there from verse 10. Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter, enter the land I am giving you, I'm going to give you, and you reap its harvest, bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. You see, farmers would sow their seeds in autumn. They'd receive the winter's rain and then by spring, well, the harvest would be ready to to collect. They'd be ready to collect the grain. And you see, God initiates the offering of the first fruits, where the very first crop that's gathered, the very first fruit, well, that is bundled together in a sheaf uh, sheaf, and given to the Lord through the priest as, as as a gift to the Lord. And on that same day, they were to offer a burnt offering and, and a grain offering. And, and it was to show their thanks, thanksgiving to the way God had provided for them. 
and, and their desire that God will continue to provide for them as they continue to harvest. You see, this offering was a reminder that God had provided the harvest and that this harvest was what was going to sustain them. You see, God had provided that. It was a thank you, thank you for your provision. And the next festival was, was very similar, very, very much like it, the Festival of the Weeks. Have a look there from verse 15. Uh, from, the, from the day after the Sabbath, uh, the day you brought the sheath of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath. And then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. You see, seven weeks and a day after the offering of the first fruits, uh, after the beginning of the Sabbath, uh, of the sorry, of the harvest, they were to have a uh, a sacred assembly, verse 21, a holy gathering. They came together, uh, they did no regular work, and, and it was another festival of thanksgiving. Thank you for this harvest. But this festival got the works. Have a look there from verse 18. They were to bring burnt offerings to the Lord, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a food offering, an aroma, a pleasing to the Lord. Then sacrifice one now go for a sin offering, and two lambs, each a year old, for a fellowship offering. You see, all these offerings were made, uh, all the offerings were made that we saw in the first couple of chapters of, of Leviticus, except for the guilt offering. And you see, together these offerings achieved that, that atonement was made for their sin, that they expressed their worship and thanksgiving to their very generous Lord, and, and, a, and to celebrate the relationship that they had uh, with the Lord. You see, at this point in the harvest, they could see that God had generously provided for them. And they celebrated that God had provided the land in which he was giving them to, to produce this harvest. You see, the Lord was not only the one who rescued them out of slavery, but he was also the one who generously provided for all their needs uh, in the harvest they could see before them. Well, the first four uh, festivals were at the beginning of the calendar year. Uh, and the next three uh, happened in the seventh month uh, in autumn. Uh, and the next festival, well, it goes off with a blast. Have a look there from verse uh, 24. On the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred uh, assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. Do no regular work, but present a food offering to the Lord. I really like the sound of this one. It sounds, it, it, it's another assembly, a holy gathering where they come together, no regular work. Uh, and while the meaning of it seems a little bit unclear here, uh, we see from the ESV that it was a, a memorial proclaimed uh, with blasts of trumpets. You see, it's a memorial, a, a reminder. We also see in chapter uh, 10 of Numbers, when the trumpets were blown, it was to acknowledge the Lord, but also to request for help. You see, in the seventh month in, in autumn, the season was over, harvesters done, they've collected the grain, but they're about to sow uh, more seed for the year to come, for the harvest to come. And so they're relying on the Lord to provide rain that he will bring plenty of, of rain. And so they're, ex they're requesting assistance from their Lord Almighty uh, through, the, through the blowing, the blasting of the trumpets. 
And as the Lord is the one who commanded this festival, he really gives his assurance as he hears, the, as he hears their prayers, as he hears the trumpets blown. And while it might seem like a strange festival for us, it's again a recognition of God's provision in the past and a request for the future that he will continue to provide for them by sending rain so their crops will grow. Well, next up is the Day of Atonement. We looked at this a couple of weeks back, and so we'll just go through this one very quickly. But it was a holy gathering. They came together. No regular work was done. And it was a day where, where their sin and impurity and stain left by sin was dealt with. You see, it was a gracious provision from the Lord that, that their sin could be atoned for, removed. They could be cleansed so that they could continue to be in his presence and be in relationship with him. Well, the final festival we see here is the festival of uh, the tabernacles or uh, the booths. Have a look there from verse 34. I say to the Israelites, on the 15th day of the seventh month, the Lord's festival of tabernacles begins. And it lasts for seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly. Do no regular work. Another week-long festival here, and and again, a holy gathering uh, on the first and eighth uh, day. Uh, But what marked this uh, festival as different, we see from verse 40. On the first day, you are to take branches from luxuriant trees, from palms, willows, and other leafy trees, and rejoice before the Lord, your God for seven days. And it's with those branches, they were to build a temporary shelter, like a hut, kind of like this one. And then verse 42, they were to live in these uh, temporary shelters for seven days. All native born Israelites are to live in such shelters. And why? Well, let's continue. So your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You see, they lived in these shelters to remember what the Lord had done. He had rescued them out of slavery where they lived in these such shelters. And in that time now, they didn't live in those shelters now, but now they had it really good. They lived in good housing. You see, it's when we're we're deprived of daily comforts that we can appreciate and be thankful for the things that we have. I remember doing the 40-hour famine as a kid and being thankful for the ordinary things I'd taken for granted after uh, eating for the first time. You see, this festival was a reminder of God's grace in saving the men of Egypt and providing good housing for them to live. You see, these were constant calendar reminders. And they helped God's people remember uh, the Lord, remember his mercy and grace and provision, and to help them depend and trust in him in all things. Welcome back. God gave his people constant calendar reminders so they'd remember his mercy and grace uh, that they'd received from God in the past, and so that they'd be thankful to him for his provision in their life. The festivals were helpful celebrations with purpose. But true to form, the Israelites lost focus in the celebrations. They became days to party and their meaning was lost. You see, Amos was an 8th century uh, BC prophet. 
And he spoke to God's people uh, before Israel, who was in the north, before they were destroyed by Assyria. Uh, and just have a look at what he says there in 521. I hate... I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. You see, Amos shows us that even though they celebrated these festivals, the Lord hated them. He despised them. It's pretty strong language, isn't it? Hey. Sure, they celebrated, but their hearts weren't in it. Deep down, they, they turned away from God and were, being, were just mechanically performing these things, as if to trick God into thinking, ah, they really care for God, as, as if to kind of get into God's good books will do these things. And it's interesting, it makes me think of the movie uh, Home Alone, the classic. Uh, it's about an eight-year-old boy who's left at home alone by accident. Uh, and he discovers that people are trying to rob his house. And so he sets out, so he sets up these uh, mechanisms, these gadgets within the house to make it look like that there's a party going on. Uh, and, and from the outside, the robbers see what's going on on the inside and like, whoa, there's a party, we've got, we've got to leave, we can't, we can't rob them tonight. But from the inside, it's one boy with all his gadgets making it look like a party. You see, in Amos, uh, the people were celebrating with great gusto. And from the outside, it seemed like they celebrated with great piety. But you see, God could see through their pretense. He saw their hearts and knew it was all false. You see, the Lord's not interested in people celebrating these festivals just for the sake of celebration. Because he saw the emptiness He saw they celebrated with emptiness. The Lord wanted their hearts that they would celebrate with real thanksgiving and and thankfulness for his saving work and provision. You see, in Leviticus in the Old Testament, God gave uh, his people constant calendar reminders. And when it comes to the law, we must view them through the lens of Christ. And we must see that these festivals aren't for us today. They're certainly significant, as we saw in John's Gospel. You see, Jesus died in the Passover. He's the ultimate sacrificial lamb who died in our place. Uh, uh, The Holy Spirit was poured out during Pentecost, which is the Greek word for, for the Festival of Weeks, Festival of Weeks or Pentecost. You see, they are significant events, but they don't actually bear on us like they did for them then. But we must ask, are there constant calendar reminders for us today? And I want to say yes, we do have regular calendar reminders. And I'm thinking Christmas and Easter. You see, we celebrate the incarnation at Christmas, where God became man, became flesh and dwelt among us. Where where the creator of all, the source of life and light, he dwelt among us to save and rescue us, something worthy of our celebration. And then Easter, where we celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, who willingly, obediently died on the cross in our place. You see, we're broken sinners, deserving God's wrath through our rebellion against him, and yet Jesus takes our punishment, takes our place. 
so that we can find forgiveness and salvation. But he also rose from the dead, defeating death and giving us new life and hope in this, in, 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 in this life. You see, Christmas and Easter are regular calendar reminders of God's grace and provision in sending Jesus to die and save us. But the danger for the Israelites, uh, and it's the same danger for us actually, is, is when we celebrate these earth-shattering moments, our hearts, are they really in it? Do we get so caught up in what's going on that we lose the significance of the celebration, like seeing it as a really good time to get away and for a holiday uh, and because of all those public holidays? Or being so busy thinking about the kids or the grandkids and making an exciting day for them. Or getting so preoccupied thinking about the presents or the eggs or the roast dinner that's cooking or, or the sport that might be on later that day. I wonder, do these things distract us from truly celebrating with all our heart? Or do we celebrate with emptiness? Because you see, if it's with emptiness, God sees our emptiness. He knows our heart. And so we need to stop, I reckon, and take stock and remember what it is. Why are we celebrating these things? Maybe we need to remember who we were without Jesus. We were dead. Dead in our trespasses and sins. Lost. Far away from God. Facing his wrath. But through, but through faith in Jesus, we are saved, forgiven, part of his family, countless eternal blessings, hope in a hopeless world. You see, this is why we celebrate Christmas and Easter. Have you forgotten the heart of the celebration? In the years to come, when we can gather more freely once more, let me encourage you, to make Christmas and Easter a priority. Be committed to coming to church, gathering with your church family, and speak to the many visitors who attend on those days. The church is full of visitors on these days. And chat to them. And who knows, God may even use you to encourage them to upgrade, to upgrade from being a biannual church visitor to being a fellow disciple of the Lord Jesus. You see, there are other constant reminders like our weekly our gathering as a church and our celebration of the Lord's Supper, but you'll be glad to know we won't look at them now. But you see, God has given us these things so that we'll remember that we will give thanks to God for his grace and provision. And then in response, we may live our lives of faith and obedience to him. God graciously provided his people in Leviticus with these constant calendar reminders so that they'd never forget his grace and provision. And you see, he does the same for us today so that we will remember that we will give our lives in service of him. You see, may we never lose focus in celebrating God's gracious provision in Christ. Let's pray and ask God for his help in that. Hey? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for these festivals that you gave your people in the past to remind them of your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness, 
uh, in the way that you provided for them so richly. Father, we don't have the same uh, calendar events for us today, but, but Christmas and Easter, the Lord's Supper and our gathering at church on Sunday, these are great reminders of the way that you have uh, saved us in the Lord Jesus, uh, the way that you have brought us from death into, into life. Father, we do pray that you would help us uh, not become like the Israelites whose, whose uh, celebrations had, had become empty, futile, useless. But actually, may we make the most of these celebrations, not getting distracted, but, but, but being grateful and thankful for the way that you have uh, saved us and provided for us in Christ. Help us make the most of these opportunities uh, so that we can engage with, with other people and encourage them to, to give their lives in service of you. We're so thankful for Jesus, Father, because it's in him uh, that we can have these great truths as realities for us. Help us live for him and honour him and serve him always. In Jesus' name. Amen.